This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to Through the Ringer. I'm your host, Tate Frazier, and joining me, as he always does on Tuesday mornings, it is the great cousin Sal. Sal, we good to it. see you, buddy. We made it yeah, again. unbelievable. Wow, I, we survived Monday Night Football. It happened yep. last night. That's probably the nicest thing I can say about this game. We can get into the particulars there, uh, but first and foremost, are they done man, lateraling it? Or, 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 yeah, I hope it's over. I mean, what are our big takeaways, if any? Just you know, generally speaking, about this game, are we just happy that we that we watched it, or are we wish we didn't watch it? Like, what can we do you about said this? Big takeaways. Because there were six turnovers, <laughs> yeah, didn't you? You stink, are you? I saw a lot of takeaways. Yeah, yeah, that was an ugly, ugly game. Mm. Very, very bad. Yeah, the Pastronaut, four interceptions in this game. Of mm. course, I'm talking about Josh Dobbs. Uh, we fell in love with him. America said he was our quarterback, but not so fast in this game. I'm not the, in love with him anymore. You're not in love. You're out of love. I oh, have them. To turns make the out playoffs. it wasn't love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he had four interceptions. I think like two or three weren't his fault. One very much was his fault. Mm. And the Bears played defense really. T- I, that's the one good thing I could say about it. This division is now they're playing each other very, very tough. We saw the Bears play the Lions to the end. You know, they had a big lead and blew it at the end. And then tonight, you know, so maybe that's good. It's kind of like a minor league version of the AFC North. But other than that, that was such garbage. I think that's a great description. The minor league version of the AFC North, the best, uh, you know, that we see in football. This is probably closer to the worst, but we can talk about it. Uh, Last year, 11-0 the Vikings were in one-score games. This Mm. year, they're 5-6. and Mm. Um, Everyone talked about that at last season about how fortunate they were. Some people even said they were lucky this year. Uh, they have regressed back to the mean. That was the way we've been describing it. That's how Troy and Joe Buck described it. Um, do we take anything away from that? Uh, do, do we feel like this is uh, just the expectation that it would have to happen? Or do we feel bad for the Vikings that it seems to be going sideways this year? Yeah, I mean, I guess their defense is still playing good, but I think we expected too much out of Dobbs, you know, mm. and it's not happening. And that said, they lost to a team that didn't score a touchdown, right? There were six turnovers. They had four, but they forced the last two, and it looked like they were going to move the ball. They started their last possession at the 43-yard line, needed about seven yards to kick a field goal, and then the Bears' field goal wouldn't have mattered at the end, but it wasn't enough. So I don't know. I think a lot of people are scratching their heads. Yeah, I think the Minnesota fans in the building were scratching their heads because they had an opportunity there to go down and, and basically seal the game. It felt like fields on that fumble. It was all over, but instead it is the first win for the Chicago Go Bears without a touchdown since 1993. Mm. Can you believe that? Is that 30 why years? Fields was crying? <laughs> I, that's, uh, I think 
it hit him. Yeah, yeah, the emotion. Uh, Are uh, you even 30, Tate? I am 30. I was born wow. in 1993. 1993 till infinity is what right. they said back in the day. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where it was shocking to see. Let's talk about Justin Fields, though, because it did feel a little bit like a, a redemption moment, maybe. Our producer, Jack, laughed when I said that. But it, was it good to see Justin Fields kind of have a, a moment where he gets a yeah. win there? Well, Jack's a simpleton. He'll laugh at almost anything. <laughs> I mean, yes, he's probably laughing he's, right now. He yeah. is. I think so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I, it was nice. I, I wasn't kidding about the crying. It really looked like he was in tears yeah. walking off the field after that turnover. And so made that big throw on third down, got him in field goal range. And, you know, it's kind of weird because he's got a lot of the tools to be an NFL quarterback, especially in 2023 when we look at some of these guys. And yet it's constantly reminded of him that he could be gone for Caleb Williams or someone else. Yeah, and it does feel like even after the game, Lisa Salters brought that up with him about, you know, how he feels about where he kind of stands with the team right now. At least Mm -hmm. he did have this moment in the sun. Speaking of the other side, the Viking side, Brian Flores blitzes on 50% of defensive, uh, you know, possessions for this yeah. team he decides not to blitz Forgot on that to. big throw yeah. <laughs> DJ Moore he did forget I mean is that something am I wearing Captain Hindsight's you know uniform right now when I say this but do you think the Vikings defense I mean that was a major miscue to not blitz on that last play it is weird because they had a spy right mm-hmm. but then the spy got caught up and so he ended up being like a double spy so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know right. I can't figure this the out the double agent I don't read comic books I don't know how it works <laughs> but yeah so uh yeah I, I we'll get Mally Rubin in here to break yeah, it down yeah, for come us on, Mally, yeah help come us on out we need here. some help yeah. so yeah it is weird maybe doesn't want to be accused of uh, blitzing all the time so he laid off on the most important down to blitz well congratulations to the Chicago Bears they get a big win there on Monday Night Football I know that that was exciting four and eight right now they have the Panthers pick so they still will have potentially and mm-hmm. you know most expect the number one pick so there you go we also had some trends this weekend so I wanted to bring up favorites covering this weekend uh, was 12-3 and one uh, 13 favorites have never covered in one weekend before so we almost had some history there what were your thoughts on the yeah, weekend so a lot of a lot of big weekend for the Favorites. So they tied the number, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's good for me because I love making money line parlays and I love betting and I love betting on Thanksgiving weekend and it's just throughout. So I was able to cash on that. Of course, I gave it away now with this Minnesota <laughs> game. But yeah, that would have broken a record. 13 favorites is not something Fandle wants to see. Do we want to root for something like that or will Fandle just um, fire us? I'm looking over at our Fandle president. He's yeah. saying he will fire us. Yeah. Yes, Press? Okay, yeah, yeah, we will be right. fired. So there you go. That's the update. Congratulations. <laughs> they're, they're cashing checks over there. Uh, another trend that we have. 29 and 9 unders covering this season. So a lot of people like betting the overs. They like the offense. They like the touchdowns. If they do like all that stuff, they did not like this Monday night football game. But how do we feel about the unders cash? Yeah, on the primetime games, 29 and under. It's so automatic, right? You just, mm. uh, I can't do the math on that, but it's well over 50%. And, <laughs> you know, this was an automatic under, right? It was like 3 nothing. They tied it at half, like 3 3. It was terrible. The way it was like four was minutes ago in the second quarter, right before halftime. And I look up and I'm like, I can't believe we're this deep in this game and it's still this inexplicable. I mean, mm-hmm. goofy is probably the best word for what we watched. Yeah, it was just a no goofy big play outcome. capability for either of these teams. Not at all. Um, but again, you know, Monday Night Football, Troy and Joe doing the Lord's work there. So shout out to them for covering <laughs> that game. Do you want to play my favorite games? How are you ready? Are you ready? I don't for know. This? Do you have a new favorite game? No, this is the, the same one. favorite game, even though we changed it a little bit for Thanksgiving. Shout out to everybody. Hope okay. they had a happy Thanksgiving. We're going to play over and under reactions. I give you a general right. statement and you tell me if it's an overreaction or an underreaction. And we'll start Only with because it makes you happy. Oh, let's it makes me it. so happy. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. The Eagles, Sal, I'll say this to you. The Eagles mm-hmm. are going to win the Super Bowl. Overreaction or oh, underreaction? Wow. Wow. This is serious stuff. <laughs> yeah, I got right <laughs> yeah, straight at it. Uh, straight I'm, to the point. All right, let me say overreaction. Okay. In my dreams, date, the Cowboys, my Cowboys knocked mm. them off in the second round, and uh, all is good. 
in the world. But I also think the Eagles are flying too close to the sun. They barely beat the Bills. I feel like they barely beat Washington twice. They barely beat my Cowboys. And we're going to talk about them against the 49ers uh, later on in the show. But I'll say no. I think there's other teams I could sneak up on. It does feel like it's funny how you can look at something from two different vantage points. It feels like the people that are Philadelphia fans, they yeah. say team of destiny. Yeah. The people that are not Philadelphia fans, they say frauds. So there's got to be somewhere in between right. who this Philadelphia team is. I'm not sure that they're a one-loss team in reality, but the record says that's the case. So we yeah. kind of have to treat them well, as the such. Well, the Philadelphia fans are very reasonable just in general. Mm-hmm. So maybe we do side with them. Well, they get very upset when you say they booed Santa Claus. They said that mm. did not happen. That mm. is made up. That is not a true story. So right. I'm going to say this on the record. I don't think it happened. Okay. Uh, show me the tape. Release the tape. We'll see what happens. <laughs> no. uh, next one for you, Sal. The Hail Mary pick six that happened in the Jets game is a new low for the Jets on Thanksgiving weekend. Of course, we've seen the butt fumble oh, with the Jets. Yeah. So which is worse? I'm going to say it's an overreaction in that the butt fumble is worse because it's short and you could replay it, and I've done this 40 times in a (laughs) row, whereas the Hail Mary pick six takes about 15 seconds to play out. So if you want to enjoy it a few times, you got to really invest some time. But my favorite take about this is this is Aaron Rodgers' buddy, right? Quarterback, Mm -hmm. the king. He's the king of the Hail Marys. He can't teach his buddy how to throw a Hail Mary that can't be returned 103 yards. Come on, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Do something. Right. Yeah, like get up there. I mean, he said he's got some great tape that he sent into the team, so eventually mm. this could happen. And I guess the butt fumble was, uh, you know, actually on Thanksgiving. This happened on Black Friday. That's true, yeah. But it's still Thanksgiving weekend, mm. so it all checks out. Uh, next one for you, Sal. This year's officials are worse than the replacement refs that we saw a few years ago in the NFL. Oh. Is that an overreaction or underreaction? Those guys were bad. That was 2012, right? <laughs> yeah, that was, oof, you know, that was tough. Roger Goodell had those guys executed. <laughs> we haven't yeah, heard from them since. Yeah. Very sad what happened. Um, you know, it might be because we saw so much football that it all came to a head and like, oh, the referees are just awful. But it does seem more inconsistent now than ever. What's mm-hmm. a catch? God forbid we ever figure that out. When the lineman gets out of his stance, what's a false start? What's holding? What's defensive holding? P.I. We don't know what it is. I don't know. I tend to think I, I, I'm in the minority here, but I say refereeing is hard and that's you know, what's the deal? Everybody hates the refs in every sport. Is mm-hmm. it just a big practical joke on the fans, or is it is it a tough job? I think it is a tough job, and I also think when you have guys that are 30, 40 years older than the actual guys playing the game, there's yeah. going to create a situation where, you know, it's not always going to be perfect, and mm-hmm. the human error is going to be involved. So you think we need older players? Maybe I think we, we need, need older like players. Year old yes, players right. even it out. I think it'd be great. You know, you. the real senior idea. bowl. Let's watch that. Right. That would be fun. <laughs> um, yeah, the refs, let, let's give them a break, folks. Let's let it slide. Uh, even Troy Aikman was upset on Monday Night Football about, you know, Justin Fields throws it out of bounds and he had oh, a receiver yeah. in the area, and he's like, that, that's intentional grounding anytime <laughs> I've ever seen it. But you and I are like, no, Troy, we don't yeah. think it is. So I think a lot of people just want to blame the refs, right? right? Exactly. That's where we are right yeah, now. Very so, immature country. Yeah, come on. What are we doing, guys? Uh, next one for you, Sal. Speaking of our immature country, <laughs> they were very excited about this. Dolly Parton replaced oh. the John Madden-shaped hole in the NFL's what? Thanksgiving games. <laughs> John Madden-shaped hole? Uh, yeah, the turducken hole yeah. that we oh, had I there. See. Yeah, overreaction or under you want me to say something about John Madden's cleavage, don't you? <laughs> I know you do. Um, that was ridiculous, but I thought it was great. She came out there. She was happy. She looked great in the Cowboys mm-hmm. cheerleaders outfit. I do think, though, I don't know if the 80-year-old grandmothers <laughs> on Thanksgiving who were there stuffing their face with a right. third helping of sweet potato pie agreed. They must have been like, mm. why can't I look like that? What happened? Where did things go wrong? But 
I sense a lot of jealousy. Yeah, how many sure. grandmas went and found their Dallas Cowboys outfit and put it on <laughs> uh, is the real question. Hopefully we'll not a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll set a line on that next time. Uh, speaking of Cowboys people, let's talk about Jason Garrett. Um, Jason Garrett, Sal, is a better announcer than he is a coach. Overreaction or underreaction? It's no reaction. I, I can't help you. I wouldn't know if he was or not because I had the sound all the Mute. way down. Yes, right. it was all the way down. Um, I didn't want – you know, look, he ruined the decade of Cowboys football enjoyment for me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to – let him ruin the last three hours of Thanksgiving weekend for me. So yeah, we famously called him the clapper as he was the head coach of the Cowboys. Yeah. He loved to clap. He didn't like to talk very much. Now he's talking a lot. How did you feel about America's reaction? You know, now that we're doing over and under reactions, mm. it seemed like America really was upset in, in uniformity when they saw Jason Garrett on their TV Sunday. Yeah. Listen, I miss Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> I would have given anything to have him back on <laughs> Sunday night. I think he appreciated that you were saying that you weren't going to make fun of him if he came back to the booth. Yeah, so I shut think up. he would too. He said he was with his family, but Jack Collinsworth was right there. Then tell I don't know. <laughs> so it doesn't check Sorry, out. Jack. It's not adding up. Not yeah, come on, come on, Collinsworth. Let's get it together. Next one, Sal. The Ravens are the Chiefs' biggest threat in the AFC. Overreaction or underreaction? Mm. Uh, I am going to say it's an underreaction. Well, you know, I don't think the Dolphins are there yet. Mm. I don't. I just, you know, I know they beat up on the Jets. I still think Tua's throwing some weird passes. It's going to come up against some tough defenses. So I'm going to make a case for, at least for the regular season, on the Jaguars a little later oh, uh, in wow. the show. In fact, let's take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh, no, no. no oh, no, no, that's Go my on. job. Yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. Hold on. What's happening yeah. here? Um, yeah, the Ravens, I saw them in person. Yeah. So I went to the Chargers-Ravens oh, yeah. game on that's Sunday night. Yeah, it was tough. It was talking <laughs> about tough games to watch, but you know what uh, was in, in, encouraging, I guess, if you were a Baltimore Ravens fan is Lamar Jackson looks great. I mean, he made some throws in that game that were very impressive, and uh, he is one of the fastest humans I've ever seen on a football field outside of Tyree Kills. So there you go. Yeah. So some optimism there for the Baltimore Ravens fans. I saw it in person. I believe. I'm mm-hmm. a believer. Last one, speaking of believers, uh, this guy believes that he knows everything. He is the owner of the Charlotte uh, of the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte. David mm-hmm. Tepper is the worst owner in sports, Sal. Is that an overreaction Ooh. or underreaction? Uh, overreaction. Mm-hmm. You know, Natalie Portman owns the Angel City Football Club. Oh, my she goodness. She is awful. She is she's the worst tough. human being. Yes, she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> uh, Magic Johnson, oh, terrible on Twitter. Right. I can't, no accountability. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know what the NFL stands for, Tate? Not for long. No, National Football League. You're, oh, you're I'm an, an idiot. idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> you even do it. Yeah, Tepper's bad. Six coaches since he took over. Uh, at some ball, some point, it's your fault. And yeah, I, he's, I mean your fault. He's, yeah, is it my fault? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's my fault. fault. Yeah, it's yeah. all the Panthers fans. It's our fault for believing in something yeah. uh, post-Jerry Richardson. Yeah, I, I don't even know what to do with Frank Reich. 11 games as a head coach. It seems like a trend right now that's happening in the NFL where you get a coach in, you realize he's not the guy. We saw it with Nat Hackett. Mm-hmm. We saw it with Urban Meyer, and now we see it with Frank Reich. I mean, is this something that we expect now as we move forward? You're not safe even if it's your first year in the job? But don't these guys, I know they're egomaniacs, don't they see it is them? This is me. <laughs> like, I can't. Can't hire 14 coaches in right. four years. Right. Yeah. I don't think so. No, I, and I think I that's why not. he might be the worst owner in sports. I'm just yeah. saying it out there. Uh, so shout out to David Tepper. Now let's do some prop culture. This is not my favorite game, but it is a fun game. Let's <laughs> go to the riverboat. Let's check on the captain because the question this week, Sal, is what's the world's most unstable job? We have the odds right here in oh. front of us. Carolina Panthers head coach is right there with the favorite mm-hmm. at 3-1. to one. We got Foot Locker employee at 5-1. to one. We got Payphone repair technician at 8-1. to one. We got Sports Center ESPN anchor at 25 to one and the field at even odds. Sal, mm. what are you thinking? 
oh man, I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to go with the field and through the ringer host. Oh hearing, no. Yeah, I'm hearing oh, bad no. things. Oh no. That's Dave. what they're saying? Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh my God. The yeah. FanDuel president over there, he's turning on me? It's turning. People oh, are tuning out. Goodness. They're watching Skip Bayless. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know. Not what again. No, listen, of course, <laughs> I take it all back. I'm going with the chalk here. Carolina Panthers mm. head coach. Tepper is a maniac. He's uh, He lets people go if his eggs are overcooked. It doesn't make any sense. The good news is, Tate, you as a Carolina native are now 11th in line mm. to get the head coaching position. I Except like that it. you called him the worst owner in sports. Well, you know, we can wipe that, right? They yeah. can take that out. Yeah. They well, have fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Let Simmons know. You might be on your way out. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens there. I appreciate that. I like that pick, by the way. I was thinking whatever Connor Stallion's, uh, you know, title was with the Michigan Wolverines, that could be football oh. recruiting analyst or whatever it was. <laughs> that seems like a pretty unstable job at this point. So maybe I'll throw that in there. So I'll take the field at even odds. We'll be right back. And when we come back, we're going to do some line look aheads. Oh, my favorite game. Oh, yeah, that's going to be fun. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. I'm still here with Cousin Sal. And Sal, this is not my favorite game, but it is a fun game. We like to look ahead. Uh, We got Week 13 football, so we're going to do some line look-aheads. Are you fired up about this? I'm fired up. It's so hard to keep track of your favorite games. (laughs) So many games. Your favorite game. Yeah. Can you tweet it out or something? Maybe I'll put it together at the end of the year. My top 10 favorite games. We'll get to that. We'll see what happens. But let's start with the lines because we got your team that is Mm. close to your heart, the Dallas Cowboys. And we got the Seattle Seahawks. Traveling to Dallas, right now the line is at minus eight and a half. They love the Cowboys in Vegas. How do you feel about this game? You know what they love? They love holding on to their money, and they got (laughs) stuffed so so bad with all the favorites last week. They have to raise these a point, or at least a point. A lot of unhappy Thanksgivings for a lot of pit bosses out there. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I thought this would be seven. It was seven and a half when it opened, all the way up to eight and a half. But I I guess, you know what? The sportsbook fandles looking at the same way I am. Not scared by this Seattle offense. I don't know why they don't put it together. Geno Smith's not the same as he was last year. You got Kenneth Walker, plays, he doesn't play, you never know anymore. Mm-hmm. Metcalf should be a dominant force. Isn't quite the same anymore. And defensively, 23rd and 28th in the red zone. So, I don't know. I think Dallas, maybe by double digits, is the right call. Well, they asked D.K. Metcalf about Deron Bland, who is taking the NFL world by storm right now. Metcalf said, quote, I was thinking, like, he's got more touchdowns than me, which is uh, (laughs) not good if you're, you know, D.K. Metcalf, because that's his job to score touchdowns. Do we think that we get another Deron Bland moment in this game? Can he get another pick six? This guy is lighting the NFL up right now. It's not great for D.K. Metcalf, but uh, he's he's in... good company because Derrick Henry doesn't have as many touchdowns. I think Kyle Pitts doesn't have as many career touchdowns <laughs> right. as Deron Bland. And Fandle has a special right now. 30-1 to 1 
if you think Bland will have another pick six. I think he'll have another couple interceptions. It'd be fun to root for for a pick six. Right? I like that future right there. Speaking of futures, let's track to the future. We're going to look at most passing touchdowns. Right now, Josh Allen is the favorite at plus 260. We got Pat Mahomes at plus 460. Tua is also at plus 460. And then Dak also at mm. plus 460. So there's a lot of guys jumbled up there. Is there someone that you buy in and say he's going to lead the league in touchdowns this year? Yeah, I mean, I love Dak, what he's been doing. 17 touchdowns over the last five weeks. Really, he's connected with C.D. Lamb was five touchdowns over the last five games. And you could go over those games like, oh, those are cupcakes. Well, they're not, Simmons. Where's my Simmons camera here? <laughs> Screw you, Simmons. Three Turn on were, the TikTok camera. Turn it on and watch them. He threw three against the Eagles. That's a good game. Um, the key with this prop is who's going to play week 18, right? Mm. So Dallas probably will have the wild card in hand. I hate to say it, but I'm giving up on the division already. So they may not play week 18. That could be two, three touchdowns that Dak is going to miss out on. Out of those that you listed, I think Allen is most likely to play week 18. He will be playing week 18. Right. That might be really important for his team. Yeah, yeah. It might mean nothing also. It might not be too far <laughs> back, but but that's why he's plus 260. I think that's probably the better bet. Uh, yeah, they know what they're doing out there in Vegas, even though uh-huh. they did not. They did have an unhappy Thanksgiving. Let's keep it pushing. Next game we have here, Sal, we got the Denver Broncos traveling to take on the Houston Texans. Houston minus three and a half in this game against the hottest team in the NFL, the Denver Broncos. Yeah, again, another one they raised another half point uh, from the opening line there. Kudos to both these teams for staying relevant entering December, right? Mm -hmm. The Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans, who would have known they're battling? (laughs) One of them's almost penciled in as a playoff team in the Houston Texans, and now the Broncos are trying to do it as well. We'll go over those lines, but you got the up-and-comer, C.J. Stroud, against a guy who everyone left for dead. Russell, hustle and bustle. Wilson Ciaro is serving the divorce papers. Yeah, she was ready to leave. Yeah, Yeah. she said she's over. She doesn't like Denver. She wants to move to L.A. And then, you know, they said, here's a five-game win streak for you. Uh, Shout out to our guy, Michael Lombardi. He was texting me about Sean Payton and just saying, Mm -hmm. what a great job he's done. He basically took the ball out of Russell's hand and said, we're going to run the ball. We're going to let our defense win games. And you're going to game manage, which is the best version of Russ, which is what Pete Carroll tried to get him to buy in on. And looks like he actually is buying in. Let's track to the future here to make the playoffs right now. The Texans, yes, to make the playoffs is minus 104. The Broncos, yes, is plus 146. Of those two teams, uh, you know, to make the playoffs, which one are you buying in right now? I like the Texans in this game, so I think that number will go way up to close to minus 200, I think, because you look at the rest of their schedule. They they have their division. (laughs) I would rather have their record and their division and the rest of their slate. Titans twice, Colts, Jets, and Browns. That's going to be a winning, you know, you're going to get three, four wins out of that. Broncos very fortunate to have plus 12 turnover in the last four games. I don't think they keep that up. I want to, you talked about Sean Payton. I have money on him to win coach of the year. 14-1, to and now it's 16-1. to How is it higher than when I started? <laughs> he keeps winning, but, yeah, they, they keep moving the he odds. He up 70 points. He's like a comeback coach of the year. Is a comeback right. coach of the year? Yeah, well, let's go buy. Let's go get those odds right yeah. now. We need that. But, yeah, I think this is going to be a fascinating game, and uh, I just want to shout out all the people in Houston. They are not keeping up with this team, obviously, because mm. pretty empty stadium there in a divisional game against the Colts. They need to show out in this one. The Denver Broncos are coming to town, and maybe you let people know you do care about C.J. Stroud on this team. So. Maybe they have really great televisions that we don't know. Maybe everyone in Houston has a 130-inch television. Or maybe they're watching college basketball, and they like you know, oh, you know the yeah. Houston team with Kelvin Sampson. I don't know. Maybe there's something going on there. We'll figure it out. Next game, Sal, we got the San Francisco 49ers traveling to play the Philadelphia Eagles. This was the NFC Championship game last year. Of course, Brock Purdy got hurt in that mm-hmm. game. Eagles are getting two and a half points in this game, plus two and a half. I see that 
that line, Sal, and that boggles my mind. How do you feel about this game? Crazy, crazy, crazy. Sunday night, I thought that the Eagles would be favored by two. Right. They have one loss. They're the home team. Fandle thinks the Eagles are full of crap. Don't take it out on me, Eagles fans. <laughs> it's, it's Fandle. Fandle said it. The Eagles are an underdog at home, even with one loss. Since 2004, teams that are 10-1 and one or better as home underdogs have gone only 1-2 and two straight up and 1-2 and two against the spread. But it's usually a situation where you have the backup in. In this mm-hmm. case, we have Hertz in, who's not only not the backup, <laughs> but he's the front runner for MVP. I don't understand this line. Yeah, and almost like the face of the NFL at this point. You know, yeah. no shade to Pat Mahomes there, but it does feel like Jalen Hurts is on front street, and he's obviously beloved by everybody in Philadelphia. Are we worried about Lane Johnson? Because that is the injury, I think, that I've circled to say that could be a real concern when it comes to this team moving forward. Definitely. This is a suffocating pass rush that mm-hmm. the 49ers present every week, but it's not. He's not worth to the line. He's probably worth like point four to the line, Lane Johnson. Not two and a half points. I just, I don't get it. It's a very fascinating line. Let's track to the future here because when we look at the Super Bowl odds, right now Philadelphia is the favorite at plus 420. You got the Chiefs there at plus 460 and the Niners at plus 460 as well. If uh, if you were a betting man, Sal, which I know you are, yeah. which of those would you think? Be. Yeah, you used yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. You're, you've, you've grown. Turned to leave. Which of those would you really uh, you know hang your hat on and say, I think I'd take these guys? Well, I'm boring because I had the Chiefs from the beginning of the year at 6-1. to one. But I want to uh, go back to uh, something our producer, Jack, asked us in the pre-production meeting. He mm. said, why the hell does it take six weeks to ta- to fix a projector in the Spotify view? No, oh, my goodness. No, that's not what he said. Yeah, he good, said, who's question. favored between the <laughs> NFC and the AFC in the Super Bowl? Usually, mm. FanDuel has odds on this, even as late as it should be coming up every week. And usually, the AFC is favored because everyone thinks the Chiefs is getting there. This plus 420, plus 469ers signifies to me that the NFC is going to be a slight favorite over the AFC. It does feel like the general conversation, if you talk to the common man on the street about mm. the NFL right now, they and would shout say, out to the common man. Oh, we love the yeah. common man. Great guy. Super <laughs> sweet guy. But, uh, you know, every time you have that conversation, they seem to think like the NFC is the worst, you know, that's you know the worst division that's going to get there and they're going to lose to the Chiefs or whatever right. AFC team ends up getting there. But the odds say differently. So shout out to everyone at FanDuel for making that happen. Uh, next game, we got the Cleveland Browns traveling out here to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Rams minus four and a half in this what game. What is going Sal, on what is here? Yeah, this is this. Who is do you like? This is what happens when the book gets beat up. They have to raise the line. Look, I I don't have a handle at all on the power rankings for the Browns, where DTR is only slightly worse than Deshaun Watson, but a lot better than PJ Walker in terms mm-hmm. of where the spread lands. Um, the Rams are getting it together, but that's a very big number. Unless you're going to tell me Miles Garrett is out. But even he's only worth a point to the Lions. It's so hard to handicap the Browns these days. It is cool in this game that I, I do feel like you're watching the defenses, right? You're watching mm-hmm. Aaron Donald and you're watching Miles Garrett, right? Which is not usually the case when it comes to the NFL. Let's track to the future here. Rams season win total. Uh, the over 7.5 is minus 160. Under 7.5 wins is at plus 128. Mm-hmm. Is it worth taking the value there and taking the under? Or do you think the, the Rams have a chance to make a run to the playoffs? I think it's so close. And when it is that close, I think you have to take the value of plus 128. I don't want to lay minus 160. So the under means they would go 7-10. and 10. They'd have to lose to San Francisco, Baltimore, and then two more. This could be one of them against the Browns and then maybe the Saints. But they should be proud of what they accomplished this year for sure. Yeah, I mean, that first week when they beat the Seahawks in yeah. Seattle, it did feel like everyone said, wait a second, this team might not be tanking. So there was some good vibes and some good conversations about the Rams mm-hmm. this year. Let's keep it going. we got Cincinnati traveling to Jacksonville. Jaguars are minus 7.5 mm-hmm. in this game. Obviously, Drake, Jake Browning is the quarterback now for the Cincinnati Bengals, so it's a little bit different. But how do we feel about that line, minus 7.5? Well, I gave the Jags up. A- 
as my best bet on Ringer Wise Guys. And uh, I don't know if you watch this show. It's the greatest oh, pregame show. show in the country. Yeah. And the reason I is, love Joe House. Yeah. He's, well, <laughs> you know, he's interesting. The reason it's the greatest show in the country, it's because me and my electrifying best bets at mm-hmm. uh, 67% clip this year, and then these other three chumps trying to chase me the whole year. So that's fun. But it's not really about me. It's about uh, Cincinnati without Burrow, and they can't move the ball. And that's why this is going to be a seven and a half. This might even go higher, depending on how badly uh, Fandle gets beat. But Can gonna... we trust Jacksonville, though? I mean, every single time I see a line this high with Jacksonville, I, I'm, you know, to use a Bill Simmons, you know, mm-hmm. saying, I stay away from these guys. Yeah. I, I don't feel comfortable with them, but they should handle business and win this game by 10 plus points, you would assume. But for whatever reason, I'm a little bit wary when it comes no, to the Jaguars. No, I understand. I mean, they got crushed by the 49ers and that left a bad taste in everybody's mm-hmm. mouth. But they rushed the quarterback, they put CJ Stroud down four times on Sunday. And, uh, you know, they grind you out with time and possession. So. There you go. Let's track to the future here. Let's look at the AFC one seed. Uh, Dolphins plus 500, Jags plus 490, Ravens plus 410, and, of course, the Chiefs sitting there at minus 120. Um, is there any value taking someone like the Ravens or the Dolphins or the Jags? Ravens obviously just beat the Chargers on Sunday Night Football. That was a good game for them. Yeah, I'm going to take the Jags here. We mm. talked about this a couple weeks ago when it was plus 750, now up to uh, down to plus 490. Look, I, I don't think they're necessarily the best team in the AFC, but look what they have going. Jake Browning, P.J. Walker, Baker, Bryce, and Will Levis. Those are the quarterbacks they have left uh, on the slate there. Um, so home for Ravens mid-December is going to be a huge game, but yeah. I like the number. I like the number for the Jaguars as well, but like I said, I'm always a little bit wary. What about the Dolphins, just quickly on the Dolphins? I mean, can we make sense of the Dolphins? I do think uh, there's a lot of people that still believe the hype. They did put 70 points on the Broncos, which mm-hmm. now looks even better in retrospect. Right. Are we still uh, – do we have a little bit of hope that maybe Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins can make like uh, a little bit of a run there for the one seed? Yeah, maybe. I might be biased because I made a great bet. I, what I think is a great bet in the beginning of the year, Florida State to have more wins than the Miami Dolphins. Mm. So the Seminoles are locked in at 12, so I need Miami to stay to 11-6. I need Florida State to get in the playoffs. You do? I, I really do, because I think if they don't get in the playoff in the CFP, I know this is a nice tangent, we're not talking college football yeah. here, but if they don't get in that playoff, I think that might be in the nail in the coffin oh, for the ACC. if they ACC. beat Louisville. And right, if they, well, yeah, yeah. they should. I mean, they based should. on what we've seen from Louisville, I think they yeah. can win with their backup quarterback, but if that doesn't happen, Sal, it's going to be a sad day in the ACC, but that's a, a conversation. <laughs> Every day for, is a sad day in the yeah, ACC. That's true. Right now, it's not great. It's not great. The Pac-12, or a.k.a. the Pac-2 now, right. is not even not even close in that department. Next game, Sal, we got the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Green Bay Packers. Packers plus 6.5 in this game. How do we feel about this one? We think the Chiefs can cover? Yeah, it's a little high. I had guessed 5.5 Sunday night. The Chiefs finally went over their second-half total, Tate. They mm. had gone 10 in a row where they didn't score above what they were expected to score in the second half, and they scored 17 against the Raiders. But uh, still, Green Bay should have a little bit of an advantage. They have a rest advantage. They have home field advantage. They have the advantage of having receivers who don't drop passes every 35 (laughs) seconds. So I think it's a little bit hefty. I get why these lines are so big after last week. But uh, I think that's one way you could uh, play spoiler. Well, the Raiders were up 14-0. to I had a Raiders friend text me, you know, uh, before the game even happened. He was like, I like the Raiders today, 50 bucks." Uh, you know, I said, sure, I'll take the Chiefs. That sounds like a good bet on my side. They get up 14-0. He's like, let's double that bet. You want to take it? I'm like, sure, I'll take it. I'm down to lose $100. And right. then, you know, I look up two hours later, hadn't heard anything from him. I checked the final <laughs> score, and uh, I sent him the Venmo request. I need my $100. So Raiders yeah. fans were very excited. They thought they were going to climb the 
mountain. Shout out to our guy, Brother Bri. I know he's fighting the good fight out he there for the, Ra- for the Raiders. Travis, yeah. our director's in there fighting for the Raiders. But uh, Did the you Chiefs, get your Venmo money? Who he did. He Venmo me. He's a good man. Oh, he did? He's a good okay. man. Uh, right. but, wow, uh, you found a Raider fan. That's a good man. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I, I think he was an Oakland Raider fan. Um, not a Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders fan. But just in general, do right. we feel like the Chiefs, are there any concern? What's our concern level on the Chiefs, or do we still feel good about well, these Well, they're going to have to figure out this wide receiver thing and these slow starts and everything else that's going on. But I, I don't know. I, I still like their pieces. I like Pacheco running hard, and I Me like too. the offense. And defense is underrated, too. But, yeah, about the same Chiefs team we've seen from year to year. One last thing, one last track to the future, and this is off the board. So I Ooh. know FanDuel, they don't have this, but uh, I yeah. want to throw a prop at you. How many NFC North teams to make the playoffs? The line is set at two and a half, Sal. Ooh. Would you take the over or the under oh, so there? So you're, you're setting action? You're yeah, taking, now, you're now taking? I'm setting action. You know, I'm starting to get texts about action. Now, Do I have to now I'm now? the bookie, yeah. <laughs> two and a half. All right. Uh, Lions win the division. I mm-hmm. uh, like the Vikings after, after last night. I don't care. Uh, still going to get there. And uh, I am going to say, yeah, Green Bay. We went over this on Ringer Wise, guys. Remember that show I was talking about? Yeah, I love that show. I destroy all those fellas. (laughs) Uh, Plus 118. I think it's not bad. Jordan Love's improved. And how great would it be? Aaron Rodgers played four snaps. He saw four snaps and then had to watch the Green Bay Packers make the playoffs. What a story that was. While comparing himself to Broadway Joe along the way. Yeah, what a time. Got his whole hard knocks moment, but it turns out the Green Bay Packers might be better off without him. Right. Someone call that Ewing theory. Who knows? Maybe we call it Rogers theory. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, Cousin Sal, thanks so much for being on the show. Again, the show is Cousin Sal's winning weekend on Friday. Ringer Wise Guys on Sunday. Thanks for doing this. And I'm going to come back here next week. I can't wait. We'll see you then. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. Joining us now, you know him from the press box and all over the place at theringer.com. Brian Curtis, great to see you, man. Welcome back. Great to see you, Tate. Thanks for having me, man. Well, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of uh, big things happened over the Thanksgiving holiday, especially in the NFL world. We'll start with Black Friday, then we'll work back to Thanksgiving. You were there in Dallas at the Cowboys game. I want to get into that. But first and foremost, the Jets, the Dolphins, Black Friday, Amazon, first of its kind. What do we take away from this game, if anything, uh, Brian Curtis? Consumerism? <laughs> right. Isn't that what we take a lot away? Of, a lot of people were buying things on Amazon, I guess. That was the good news. They were buying things. We had commercials mm-hmm. reminding us to buy things right. on Amazon in case we forgot while we were watching And if football. you forget about Black Friday, there's always Cyber Monday coming Cyber up on Monday, the other side. Right. Can we get a football game? <laughs> right. Giving Tuesday, off, football right. game, My too. My goodness. It's funny, because I'm usually tense up at the idea of you know more consumerism, mm. buy this, buy that, but... 
it was more football, and I'm a pretty uncomplicated football fan. Right. I was like, eh, throw the game on. I mean, the bad news was it was the Jets. Mm. But it was football, and I watched most of that game. Yeah, and after the game, Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins coach, was uh, you know kind of taking some jabs at all the Jets fans out there and having a little bit of fun. Obviously, a divisional rival, so we understand that. But let's talk about the Jets, because at the start of this season, you and I um, kind of broke down the hard knock storyline. There was a lot of uh, building up this Aaron Rodgers storyline. He was going to bring the Jets back to the forefront. He was going to be the modern version of Broadway Joe, and then he plays four snaps, and it's all gone. And we're still getting these Aaron Rodgers stories. He goes on McAfee every week. You know, Travis Kelsey said Tuesdays are his Super Bowl. Let's just start there. Like, what? Where are we at in the Aaron Rodgers saga? And like, how is it continuing to be a conversation and a headline? And I know I'm a part of the problem talking about it right now. I know we are, but <laughs> this is what happened early on in the headquarters of the sports media conspiracy, where we're sitting right here. Right. This yes. is the fancy yes. headquarters here. Somebody said we are going to talk <laughs> the about the czar Bill Simmons is sitting up top. Yeah, he's, he's got a yeah, he's got he's a got gavel. cameras everywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somebody said we're going to talk about the Jets all season. Mm -hmm. Got Aaron Rodgers, got a great defense. Right. You know, they're kind of an upsetty Super Bowl team from the AFC. I'm fine with that, right? We had hard knocks. Then everything you said happened. The Jets suck. Right. The Jets aren't interesting. The Jets are the Jets. Yeah. Turns out. Hell Mary was the most interesting thing about the Jets since week one. But we can't shut off the Jets talk. Mm. We can't stop talking about the Jets. And I just want to make a plea to everybody out there. It's okay to stop right now. And it's over, right? It's I mean, over. Right. It's been over. Right. And Aaron Rodgers it's is over. not going to come back and, and no. have this resurrection of a season and save the Jets season and make a run in the playoffs, right? Are we done with that, that conversation at this point? I was listening to Mike Greenberg's radio show kind of accidentally a while back. And he was reading an email <laughs> from a listener who said, will the Jets win a Super Bowl with their defense like the 85 Bears? I'm like, no, <laughs> we haven't. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> Shout out to Greenberg fighting the good fight for all yes. the Jets fans out there. But, yeah, that's wild. If you want a crappy AFC East team to talk about, we have the Patriots. That's a much more interesting, juicy right. story than the Jets. Stop it. Speaking of this Jets game, let's talk about uh, – there's been a lot of conversations about sideline reporters. Um, that you know, And in this game, we have a situation where Robert Salah, the head coach of the New York Jets, right, he's – you know, Kaylee Hartung's doing her job. She's trying to ask him questions about this team. and Right she, after Hail Mary. Right after Hail Mary, right. It's like right. the worst possible event you could see if you were a football player. I'm going to be honest with you, Brian. When I saw this live, I said, there's no way that he's the one doing the interview. you got to be talking to the other coach. But it, like you said, he's the one that does it, and yeah. he gives absolutely nothing. I it mean, was awful. Right. And it really speaks to the whole thing. Like, I, I don't think Carissa Thompson should have made up sideline reports, as she said she did, and then took it back afterwards. But... There is something weird about the coach interview mm. where you roll out there and you say, this guy has just, he's at this lowest point possible, right? <laughs> right. I thought I had a free play to throw in the end zone and winds up going seven points the other way. Right. And I still don't say anything. I do want to ask a little bit about uh, the Carissa Thompson story just in general, you know, from the bird's eye view standpoint. Uh, we had Jim Lampley, a uh, famous boxing uh, commentator back yes. in the day, the early days of the press box, and he was the first sideline reporter. And I remember him telling the story like he was just like, I sat on the sideline. Um, I tried to eavesdrop on what the coaches and the players were saying. They'd throw down to me. I'd give them a little bit of what I heard, and that was that. Where are we now? Like, how far have we gotten away from that? And should we go back to kind of that being the situation in the setup. So I will tell you one thing. I've been in TV trucks for big NFL games with Aaron Andrews on the sidelines, mm -hmm. for instance. What is amazing is the bulk of the sideline reporter's job does not appear on television. They're talking to the truck the whole time. And they're saying things like, hey, 
so-and-so just came off the field and he's really angry or so-and-so's limping off the field and they're like looking at him on science or the defensive coordinator and the head coach just had this very intense conversation. And if you're sitting at home, all of a sudden the camera magically finds this, um, this story on the sidelines and you go, Ooh, they got a great shot, but you never give credit to the sideline reporter because of course at home, we don't know. We don't hear that. Right. So the job to me is much more complex than what we actually hear them say on television. And I think in a lot of ways they don't get credit for that. And maybe we should have them on the air talking about those things when they spot those things more. And that's kind of what Lampley said he did. You know, yes. he was kind of like just a spy on the sidelines, to be quite honest. And they still do that. I mean, mm-hmm. they are the eyes and ears of the broadcast on the sidelines. But what happens, right? We see them on television for a couple of minutes. It's one of those coaches' interviews at a halftime, which, by the way, if it's terrible, should never even air. Mm-hmm. Just throw it in the trash and let them talk about the game. <laughs> right. That, or why do we even need to have them talk there? Talk another time when there's something interesting to talk about. I just think we're trying to fit them into boxes a lot of the time that are outdated or outmoded. Mm. And they should just rethink the way that job is presented on TV. I 100% agree with that. And I do think, like, even just having Carissa or Aaron Andrews just do, like, a, a, a stand-up on their own, you know what I mean, and just say, sure. here's two minutes of what I notice in this game. You know, the, the sidelines are freaking out about this play or this, that, whatever it may be. But there, there's something to be talked about there. We'll figure it out in the future. Let's talk about Thanksgiving. You were at the biggest game. You got Dude. the Cowboys. You got Washington. Um, you're there in, in Jerry World. First and foremost, what were your thoughts on Dolly Parton? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how shocking was that? I had my 10-year-old son Owen there. <laughs> And let me tell you something, Tate. There's yeah, a lot of questions. There's a lot to explain about Dolly Parton. I'm not sure as a dad I had the vocabulary to <laughs> right. adequately explain Dolly Parton to my son. Like, like where do we start? I Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of cultural ground to cover mm-hmm. there. You know, in the 80s, the 90s, Dolly, Dolly's done a rock album. Do I explain to him? Right. That normally, Miley Cyrus is her goddaughter. Maybe start there. <laughs> yeah, like there's just a lot here. So I was just kind of like... Um, yeah, we will rock you. Yeah, right. here we go. One of her big hits. Yeah, that's it, it. Yeah, as you stand there and you're like, what is happening down there? But it was great. Jerry Jones loved it, of it course. It was fantastic. And it made it made Thanksgiving feel like an even bigger game. Because mm-hmm. you want to tell you something. Nobody got out of their seats for halftime. Usually, concession stands long, bathroom lines long. I'm always telling my son, we don't, we don't leave our seats at halftime. Mm-hmm. It turns out everybody stayed in their seats for an NFL game at halftime. Like, when do you see that outside the Super Bowl? We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, the CFP and a little Texas football, maybe even Arch Manning. We'll see. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Through the Ringer. Still here with Brian Curtis. And now we get to talk about something fun because it is college football playoff season. You got all these fan bases getting fired up about why their team should be in the playoff, all the different scenarios. Obviously, you are a UT Austin guy. Texas is in that conversation. They're they're pulling against Alabama as they play the SEC championship game. But just right there, how do we stand kind of on the rankings drama? We got the 12-team playoff coming up. This is kind of the last of a dying breed of these conversations. Are we going to miss this? Are we going to miss the 14-team playoff? It's so interesting. So I had two ways to mm-hmm. go here. One is that 
we have seven or eight playoff worthy teams, or at least we did going into last weekend. So a lot of people said, well, shouldn't this have been the first year of the 12 team playoff? Because <laughs> right. we've got all these. We teams. finally have it. Yeah. You want Georgia and Alabama. Mm-hmm. You want Texas and FSU. Ohio State and Michigan. You may want Washington right. and Oregon to get everybody to get in. Then on the other hand, we looked at that Michigan-Ohio State game and said, wouldn't it be weird if the loser of this game was just in the playoff? <laughs> yeah, right. That this wasn't it feel, an elimination feels like it's game? Over. Yeah. I know it's weird, right? And also that maybe they could be playing each other again in the playoff or again in a Big Ten championship game, which I think would also be a scenario next year when the Big Ten gets rid of their conference stru- or their uh, division structure. So I guess I go both ways. I do like, to me, I'm a little bit of a traditionalist with college football. I love the finality of it. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that the, what you're trying to do is go 12-0, and 0, and you're trying to achieve perfection, which is different than any other sport. You know, and when Texas managed to do that one time in my lifetime, that was the coolest thing ever. Because mm-hmm. not only was it happy, like I've won, my teams won Super Bowls and NBA championship, like that's fun, but perfection where you somehow made it through the minefield all the way to the end. I mean, that is really, really unique. We always use that word chaos. And in fact, you know, if you just want all your games, there's very rarely like chaos. Oh, we have 12 unbeaten teams. How will we fit them all into the playoff? No, it's usually a couple of unbeaten teams and then a lot of one-loss teams. And even UCF, right, the year in 2016, uh, you know, they win all their games and they say they're national champs. And I still remember that they (laughs) said it. Well, I still remember that they went perfect. You know what I mean? So when you go perfect, perfection stands out. So win all your games. Totally. And I think when we sort it through, they're going to be Florida State, if you if they go undefeated, they're going to be in the playoff. They have to be. There's no way you're going to put. You know, if they put a one loss SEC team over an undefeated ACC team, I just think that sets a. We talked about precedent earlier. That would set a really really bad precedent, even though the system is changing as we no. move forward. And no, I do think with Georgia, two time defending national champion. I feel like a 1996 sports radio <laughs> caller here, but I'm always like, shouldn't they just be able to defend the title until they lose the title? I think so. Even if they lose to Bama, I think shouldn't so. we just move them down to the four seat if we can still fit everybody in? Shouldn't they be in the playoff? I think so. And I I think America at large, and especially Georgia fans, you know, they're going to be hunkering down to make sure that's the case. And the SEC fans in general, we've seen two SEC teams before. Um, They would argue that should be the case again. But if they put in two SEC teams and leave out an ACC or a Big 12 or a Big 10, I'm sure they're going to have their arguments. They won't leave out uh, Michigan probably, but we'll see. I mean, there there is a conversation to be had uh, at the end of the day. By the way, let's not muck this up with too much administrative stuff. Last weekend was one of the best weekends of college football I've ever seen in my Mm -hmm. life. It was amazing. Iron Bowl, the game, both lived up to the hype. You had a really fun Oklahoma State BYU game that figures into the Big 12 championship. The Apple Cup was great. It was awesome. Right. It was an awesome weekend. Yeah, it was great for college football. I do want to talk about the game, which is, uh, you know, I love how much that they are hammering this point home. But Dude, we that, do... that by the hashtag the game, I, <laughs> we just call it Michigan-Ohio State. I know. I, I feel like this is kind of new, but then everyone's trying to, you know, tell me that I'm wrong. But, uh, yeah, the game. That's what we got to figure Yeah, it game. appeared in the Columbus Dispatch in yeah. 1936. Okay. But we got no hardball on the sideline. We got Urban Meyer on the sideline basically acting like <laughs> as a de facto Ohio State coach. And then we got Ryan Day, you know, acting manic almost at times. During this game. So that I mean, what was happening? I, I don't there? like to do too much body language. I usually leave that to Simmons. <laughs> but that look on his face when he walks into the stadium at the beginning of the game, you're mm. like that coach isn't going to win, right? I mean, that, that guy's not coming out of here with a W today. Yeah, and he's like pushing his players around in the huddle. You know, and I mean, he's trying to argue with the officials. And then obviously we had the Lou Holtz drama. I don't know if you saw this. Lou Holtz went on a podcast and uh, basically said it's a long ride back. You know, from Ann Arbor to Columbus. <laughs> so we get like we have a situation now. 
now where like coaches are using the post game and the sideline reporting to like kind of cut these wrestling promos. Ryan Day is sort of the he, face of this. He did. What what is happening with that? Well, first of all, there's an amazing moment. It was Michigan's last drive mm-hmm. where they could not stop Ohio, or excuse me, Ohio State could not stop them, and they would just run the ball right down their right. throats. Finally, did hold them to a field. And, and both these teams always talk about toughness, right? So talk this about is the perfect toughness. example. Which of was that. Lou Holtz's point earlier mm-hmm. in the season. Now, Tate, I don't give out year end awards very much, but <laughs> I'm going to give out one today just for you, please. Media personality of the year, Lou Holtz. Congratulations. Not coach. even sure he has a media gig, <laughs> but media personality of the year, Lou Holtz. What an amazing run he had. Another he L right. for Aaron Rodgers, by the way. Yeah, he was right. <laughs> Lou was right. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. Uh, that game was just interesting in general. But now we do have this conversation, right, with you know the Michigan sign stealing. I mean, you know, we've had it with the Astros before. Everyone kind of figured out how to talk about them. Yeah. But this is happening in real time. If they make the playoff, they could be the number one seed in the CFP oh if all things happen. I mean, how, how do we kind of digest the Michigan situation <laughs> and how do we kind of work through Harbaugh being back on the sidelines as we get there? You and I have both been on college message boards in our lifetime. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. Once or twice. Yeah, right. And you and I both know that the way our teams talk about or our fans talk about their rivals mm. is like this anyway. You don't need the sign-stealing scandal. Ohio State fans were like, you know, Jim Harbaugh was a really nice guy until this whole sign-stealing thing happened. They thought he was a jerk before that. Right. So what this does is it just feeds into Fuel things. to the fire. It's normal college football plus like 20%. Yeah, and it's uh, it's going to be a lot of conversations. I honestly want to talk about the conversation Texas fans will have. Um, if Bama were to get in, Texas not to get in, they do win the Big 12. Um, first, what is the reaction in, in Austin if that were to happen? And two, like what do we do moving forward? Because, uh, you know, I guess you're excited you're going to the SEC, so maybe you solve some of these issues. But <laughs> Texas fans, I mean, they're going to be upset about this. They are a blue blood of football, you know what I mean? And they get left out, they're going to be upset. Totally, in their first really great season in more than a decade. So mm-hmm. that would be hugely disappointing. Yeah, it is weird that like, oh, don't worry, Bama will be a conference game next year. That doesn't really fill, fill me with, you know, a lot of <laughs> right. comfort. Yeah, it's not like, it's okay. worse. Right, right. Yeah, it's like if there was a time, the time is now. Yeah, no, I think there'll be a lot of gnashing of teeth. But I think I do think there will be a certain segment of the Texas fandom that will say, we lost a game. Mm-hmm. We should have just taken business. Oh, we were ahead. In the, at the and we lost our quarter. rival, of all people. And we're ahead at the end of the fourth quarter. Yep. But they should have just beaten Oklahoma, and this wouldn't be a conversation. But they will also say, no, no, no. We're the, we have maybe the best win in college football this year. Maybe the best road win in college football mm-hmm. this year. We should be the number four team in the playoff, and you know they'll be lighting that candle all the way. A lot of head-to-head argu- arguments there uh, in Austin. One last thing before I let you go, Brian. Arch Manning gets on the field, has to quiet the crowd. Yeah, I mean, we've never seen anything like this, but now you got Quinn Ewers, who is the quarterback, the incumbent quarterback, who says he's going to come back to Texas. Do we have a QB controversy on our hands uh, down there at Texas? Those same message boards are telling me that the Mannings are a very patient family. Okay. <laughs> and they don't need Arch to start next year. Right. Which is weird, right? For Because mm-hmm. a five-star quarterback, usually you start true freshman, and if not, then second year by the latest. Mm-hmm. But they are apparently putting out vibes, at least the message board is detecting vibes, that it's okay if he sits one more year behind Quinn Ewers. But you know what? That was so wild. He hadn't played all year. He is basically, for most Texas fans, a name on a scouting, you know, on a recruit list. He comes out there, and that stadium just blows its top. 
And mm. he, his first official act as a Texas quarterback is to quiet the crowd. <laughs> right. His Shut home up. crowd, who knows football and knows we should be silent for our offense, yeah. but they're going crazy. You know, and he made a couple of plays, and everybody's like, all right, first look, let's, let's break down the film. It's like he threw, like, two completions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're just, just taking take it step by step here. You would have think that the Beatles came out. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it was one of those things and one of those moments in general. But the transfer portal is open. Um, if, if Arch Manning does want to come down to Chapel Hill, I just want to <laughs> let him know that. Drake May's leaving. Drake May will be moving on. He will, he, so the the job is open. And guess what? Mac Brown, guess where he used to coach? Texas. So he knows what's going on there. we there. go, I'm right? saying it, Brian. Steal one from his old yeah, team. Yeah, I, I think it'd be oh, great. Oh, Mac. Peyton, flying to RDU. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Appreciate you so much, Brian Curtis. We can find all your work uh, you know, at TheRinger.com and obviously the press box. Thanks so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Hook them, baby. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.